New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, New Vision. This is Ben Curtis. Thanks for joining us today as we continue our podcast series, Never Lost, A Journey to Victory. Today's reading is going to be found in Luke chapter 21, verse 5, all the way through chapter 22, verse 2. And toward the end, I'm going to also read Daniel 7, verses 13 through 14. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations." Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. 
Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man." Each day, Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Chapter 22, verse 1. Now the festival of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priest and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. This week I was looking for something in a closet and my eyes landed on this old board game. It's called the Worst Case Scenario Survival Game. Maybe you've played it, but basically the idea is it's it's supposed to teach you how to survive bad things that might be, happen to you. And so I thought, well, let's just take a minute and let's see how well you would do surviving a couple of these worst case scenarios. Okay, so here's one. This one, maybe it's easy for you. I don't know. How to fend off a shark. Okay, so here you go. Would you A punch or kick it in the nose, B, make repeated sharp jabs in the eyes or the gills, or C, grab and hold one or both pectoral fins. So which one would you pick? Well, the correct answer is B, make repeated quick sharp jabs in the eyes or the gills. I thought it was A or maybe a combination of A and C. Um, I guess I would be dead. Well, let's see how you would do in the jungle. Second question, how to fend off a man-eating tiger? A, wear a face mask on the back of your head. B, rub elephant dung or urine on your clothing. I'm telling you, you can't get this with any other podcast. C, cover your body with crushed garlic. The smell repels tigers. So which one would you pick? The correct answer is A, wear a face mask on the back of your head. And I think dousing yourself in crushed garlic may just make you taste better. Okay, so has everyone survived both so far, both of those questions? I want to give you one more question. This one is one I made up. How to survive the end of the world? A, invest in a bunker or be the first to colonize Mars. B, live life to the fullest now because there's no escape. Or C, the only way to survive the end of the world is with Jesus. So what do you think the correct answer is? I bet none of you are digging out a bunker, but maybe you are living every day like it's your last and you're not thinking about tomorrow. But here's what Jesus shows us in our passage today. Neither of those are the best answer. The best answer and the only answer is C. The only way to survive the end of the world is with Jesus. So as we continue our journey toward the cross and, and, and Jesus' resurrection, Jesus has been explaining His mission to the religious leaders. I want to give you just a little bit of context for what's going on here in Luke he, in Luke 16, he told them the parable of the prodigal son to show that he welcomes all kinds of people into his kingdom. And really, the only requirements are humility and repentance. But the religious leaders, when they hear that, they don't like Jesus' upside-down kingdom. So they are already opposing him, and this continues to ramp up, and it comes to a head when Jesus arrives in Jerusalem for Passover. As he comes near the city, he's weeping. His disciples, on the one hand, are, are praising him as the as the messianic king, but the Israel's leaders they're rejecting him, and and in doing this, they're on a collision course with Rome and and ultimately with God Himself. Now, today's passage can be a little bit confusing. There's a lot of 
diverse viewpoints, uh, but really there's just two main ideas that I want to get across uh, that Jesus is making here. And the first is this, that the church, we as the church, we should not be just constantly on edge and, and we shouldn't be trying to tie every current event to the end of the world. In verses 18 or verse 8 through 19, rather, Jesus says uh, to us that there are going to be a lot of dramatic things, a lot of bad things that will happen. We're going to see wars and earthquakes and famines and persecutions and false prophets and false messiahs. Um, These are all things that are going to describe this time of the end uh, between Jesus's resurrection and his second coming. But all these things are just precursors. They're not the end itself. And, and the second point Jesus makes really involves the Jewish temple. Some of his disciples in the opening verses there in verse 6, they were admiring uh, the beauty of, of the temple. And this is how Jesus responds. He says, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Um, and as often the case, Jesus uses uh, physical pictures to point to something greater. And so if you look at what Jesus is doing in verses 6 through 7 as he's talking about the temple, and then in verses 20 through 24 as he's talking about the temple again, Jesus is prophesying about a specific event, the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and this will happen. It happened in A.D. 70, and he basically says this event, when you see this happen, this is going to be a pattern or a type or a sign of an even greater judgment that's going to happen at the end of days. And then in verses 25 through 33, Jesus tells us what the actual end will look like. So you're going to have all these birth pains, but but at the actual end, there are going to be cosmic disturbances. You'll see upheaval among the nations, people on earth being gripped with fear and anxiety. And you'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. It's going to be a very visible, a very public event, like lightning flashing from one end of the sky to the other. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, when it really happens, you can't make, you can't miss it. When these signs appear, then we know that the time is really at the end, just as we know figs are ripe when the fig leaf spreads its leaves. Uh, so when the Son of Man title is used, I think this is really important Um, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. Um, That is always a direct reference to Daniel's vision in Daniel chapter 7, uh, verses 13 through 14. Let me read that to us. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This uh, prophecy in Daniel brings back to mind the promises that God made to David. In 2 Samuel 7, God told David of one who would sit on his throne. Who would, David would have an everlasting dominion. This ruler would come who would reign over all of the earth. And Over time, this title came to refer to the long-awaited Messiah. That's how uh, the Jewish people understood it. Uh, This one who would come and deliver God's people from all of the brokenness in this world that has been marred by sin, and he would restore perfect peace and the relationship that God's people enjoyed in the Garden of Eden. And, And ultimately, this Son of Man would crush all oppressive human governments and systems, and he would exercise his perfect rule over all the nations. 
And when Jesus used this title, in many ways, this was the nail in the coffin for Jesus because the Jewish leaders, they knew exactly who he was claiming to be when he referred to himself as the Son of Man. They knew that he was referring back to Daniel. In many ways, Jesus was not the king that they expected. He's not the kind of king we would expect. He didn't demonstrate his power through just brute force and might, but he did demonstrate his righteous rule, his righteous reign in a different way by laying down his life and by taking it up again so that we could be restored to a right relationship with the living God. And so Jesus predicted that the time would come when people's hearts would fail from fear. Sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? Sounds like our world. People are so afraid. And and friend, listen, whatever happens, Jesus has promised, if you know him, there is not one strand of your hair that will perish. So don't be afraid. Decide in advance not to worry. Stand firm in the faith. And and even if everything around me is crumbling, I'm going to stand firm in Jesus because I'm part of a kingdom that will not be destroyed. And I serve a king who is undefeated. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.